Do I yeah. spend less on entertainment? Yeah. Do I spend more on healthcare? Yeah. And and usually I see that shift happening as one advances through their life. We realize that we jump out of bed and then we are aching everywhere. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you start realizing that, oh no, you know, I better do something about it. I think that's really the psyche of most people at stage. Yeah, right. You're listening to the Building Financial Fitness Podcast. The show where personal finance is about the person, not just the numbers. Here on BFF, we talk about how to make money your best friend so that you can have the freedom to make the most out of life. We go through the honest discussions about money so that you don't need to make the same mistakes. We demystify jargon so that no one can smoke you with complicated acronyms. After all, money's greatest value is to give us control over our time, which is truly our greatest asset. I'm your host, Junus Yu. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Building Financial Fitness Podcast. Today, we have someone who used to be in the personal finance space, but now is in a very different space. Kenneth Liu, who is like the OG co-founder and ex-CEO of Seedly, which is Singapore's largest personal finance community. Welcome, Kenneth. Thanks. Thanks, Junus, for having me. And it's nice to reconnect with you after quite a while. I know. Since the days in personal finance for me personally. Yeah. Exactly. And we were just saying like my very first podcasting recording was actually with you so this is like has come full, full circle, circle because yes. now, I've, now I'm asking you to come on to record yeah very much so and I remember that episode very very distinctly and and it was interesting because we were trying to involve people who are passionate about personal finance mm-hmm. right in the community to come and and chat I, I believe it was Michelle Martin yes. back then yeah it was good good fun yeah. yeah, it was good fun. It's come full circle. And and uh, speaking of full circles, like now you're totally doing something else. <laughs> and, yes. <laughs> and so basically with that in mind, today we're going to be talking about the topic of health and wealth. Because you mm. said that without true health, there is no wealth. Yeah. So like give us a little bit of, you know, like background as to like why you kind of like went from personal finance yeah. to health. Yeah, so maybe I should maybe start off with the idea of, of Sidley and like why I decided to move on from Sidley because I think that's important to sort of touch on and, and share. So Sidley started off in a dorm room with my mm-hmm. co-founder back then and built it for seven years, mm-hmm. exiting to shop back and subsequently divesting to Hyphen Group, mm-hmm. uh, Compare Group. Yes. So I think that was a unique journey where it took us places. It really helped draw very interesting talent to join the team and it grew uh, over the last seven years. And we decided that it was time to move on for a fresh challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were looking for big problems to solve, mm-hmm. right? And one very interesting one was actually in the area of health because my own father, he passed away from brain cancer at 54. Mm-hmm. And during the years from 50 to 54, if he didn't have insurance, part one, uh, and the second part is that if he wasn't diagnosed with, with cancer earlier, uh, he would have gone a lot quicker, mm-hmm. right? And we realized that the 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 idea of, like, again, you, you mentioned without... Without health, there is no wealth. Because in that last four years, uh, money wasn't really a, a thing. Because my mom actually distinctively said this before, that she was, she was willing to sell any of the properties to pay for any treatment mm. for, for my dad. And we all know cancer is this thing where it's uh, as of today, there isn't a cure per se. Yep. There are only forms of uh, treatment, which is radiation, chemo. Mm-hmm. So I think we were thinking upstream. Uh, talking to investors, talking to to people who are looking at trends and health is this thing that is going to be an even bigger and bigger problem 
uh, beyond COVID. I think moving forward, there's going to be a lot of emphasis on health span and, and extending health years. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. It, it is important to work on, you know, financial health and investments. But then, of course, the true foundation on which we build our lives is health, right? And like last time when I was like, very enthusiastically replying to questions yeah. on Sydney. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for that. I remember <laughs> <No>. that. <laughs> earlier users, very, that very early my, users. That was yeah. my hobby. I remember I'm waiting for a train. Nice. <laughs> Reply to questions. I mean, there are a lot of like real human stories, yes. right? Where people yeah. could see like entire life savings being wiped out yeah. from illness by a family member. And that's really something that is very hard to plan for. But then even when we look at, um, you know, Health Minister Ong Ye Kong, you know, he mentioned in his May 10 Parliament address that he says, you know, in the coming years, our challenge is not to spend more, but to ensure we do not go the way of many OECD mm. countries, right, where the healthcare fiscal burden is like spiraling, escalating out of control. Yeah, and the problem with hospital beds and things like that yeah, we're exactly. experiencing as well. Yeah, exactly. But then when we, you know, when we look at, you know, obvious things like insurance, right, it's really like the way for everyone to mitigate financial shocks when it comes to, you know, medical catastrophes that they see. But, you know, what are the other ways for Singaporeans to manage budgets when it comes to their own healthcare? Yeah, so it's an interesting point you brought up insurance because as we dive deeper and deeper into this healthcare uh, maze, we call mm. it a healthcare maze, right? We start to realise also the problem of payer and the client. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the times, the people paying for health are not the individuals themselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, and therein lies the biggest problem of where does the burden fall upon? And very often, the burden of last resort and pay of last resort is the government. Yes. And governments like the Singapore government are realizing that that is going to be a bigger and bigger problem. And that's why they were sort of moving the emphasis to the individuals themselves. And that's part one. Part two is moving it upstream to preventative health. Yes. Um, insurance is a part of that uh, because it's a private entity in the equation to help uh, design policies and ways around which that they can share this burden. Mm -hmm. And personally, I'm covered, very covered, <laughs> because you know I've been doing this for seven years in mm -hmm. Sydney. H&S uh, is important. H&S is the number one that you should get. It's the best investment when you really need it the most. First line of defense. Uh. Yeah, first Let's line. Get, go it, keepers, get it covered right? first. Exactly. So that is a big part of understanding this healthcare maze. But I think individuals can ensure that they are covered. H&S... Uh, get a life insurance policy as well that is about five to ten times of your yearly income depending mm -hmm. on how much that is and how much you're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. um, all these things FAs would usually cover so I think they do a very decent job at doing that. But ultimately, once you have all those things in place, we feel that you should take health into your own hands. Yeah, exactly. Because like you said, there is actually a lot of emphasis by the government on preventive care, right? Mm. And, and, and a lot of it involves like not waiting. That's like prevention is always better than cure. Like you don't wait for like something to happen and then, then you know, the, the costs just like spiral out of control, right? Yeah. But, you know, how much are Singaporeans actually spending on preventive care today? And how much do you think that they should be spending? Because if we look at preventive care, like what are we talking about? Are we talking about the regular diagnostic tests? Like, you know, the regular regular checkups, routine vaccinations, like what, what are the actual things that we're spending on? Yeah, so I'll focus very much on the executives market because that's who we're really going after. Mm -hmm. The people that we're thinking of this group, right, um, they usually spend between $1,500 to $2,000 a year on health-related expenses. And what does that look like? Mm. Gym memberships, right. uh, even wellness things like spas, like mm. fat freezing, mm. uh, those kinds. Fat freezing yeah. is like a preventive health thing. I mean, very, it's very much in the aesthetics, <laughs> yeah, health, yeah, wellness exactly. space. So 
we would classify that as a health budget mm-hmm. because it's health related. Another mm. big spend is supplements. So, I'm, not, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Especially now as when we even look at longevity promoting supplements. I mean, there are some really exotic ones and yeah. the prices of that is really, really yeah. high. Supplements, uh, gyms, uh, wellness centers, those would be thousand five to two thousand dollars a year thereabouts. Hmm. Um, and I think for us, what we want to do is to be that start of that journey because what that means is that you know every year people do usually a health checkup, health hmm. diagnostics. But the problem we see is that very much all these health checkup and diagnostics are very dated. So mm. the, the biomarkers they are looking at mm-hmm. hasn't changed for the last 10-15 years. Yep. Right? So HDL, LDL mm-hmm. is like the baseline. Yep. But we are looking at things like ApoB, triglycerides. Uh, we're looking at homocysteine, which is which are very much more advanced biomarkers. Mm-hmm. But the answer lies in your blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Dr. Ryan couldn't be here with us today, mm-hmm. but he's my co-founder now. Yep. Together with Teeming, yes. uh, who was working on Trace together yes. uh, in his time in the GovTech. Mm. So very interesting team we've, we've put together. Uh, but he can really walk you through the details um, in a separate session. Where because we, I was going to mention, like, what, yeah. are the, what are the biomarkers actually? Yeah, yeah. So those would be the key ones that we look at. Apart from metabolic health, which is like insulin, glucose levels that are beyond the HbA1c values that you would normally get from a mm. regular health screen. Mm. So what we want to do is to be our multi-decade health partner. So year on year, you come back to us. We'll trend it for you over time. With the latest research that is coming out in longevity studies, mm-hmm. we'll look at your data set and we'll compare it against what's coming out in the publications. Right. And we'll give proper interventions that are evidence-based. Mm. Yeah. What are your deficiencies? And then we supplement for your deficiencies. I think like vitamin D is one that yes. we see a lot of our clients Oh, for uh, sure. Deficient Even uh, for, for seniors, which is a pet topic of mine, like vitamin D, oh, D deficiency is actually yeah. it's quite a big thing. From there on, like, we can use your blood biomarkers to give you a very clear evidence that these are the correct supplements you should be taking mm. and not just some random vitamin C that your friend recommended to mm. you. Um, so that's how we sort of want to see personalized healthcare, preventive health sort of go forward. Mm. Yeah. And and are you guys planning to do like clinical trials, like you know, like things? Like, For now, not yet. <laughs> For now, not yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are seeing very interesting parallels or partners of ours. So like one of them is like the microbiome guys mm-hmm. at Emily. Yeah. Uh, they are doing like a multi-prong strategy, but mm-hmm. we are using them as mm-hmm. like a. As One a vendor, partners, as a partner. Uh, right? mm. And then Nala Genetics would be mm-hmm. another of our partners. Yes. Uh, of which they'll be helping us with, uh, helping us with like nutri uh, nutri genetics and mm-hmm. uh, pharmacogenetics. Yeah, I mean so, for for the mm. listeners who are listening who might not know what Emily is doing. Mm. I mean basically they do like profiling of your microbiome, yeah. right? Yeah. How gut health actually mm. impacts all not just physical your, health yeah. but also mental. Yeah. So even in the even in my research, like the gut health mm. you know, also has an impact on like looking at like a risk profile for dementia. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of things are actually like leading indicators. Yeah. Like, you know, people, you know, like you said, like the the, the old diagnosis has Hasn't only changed. shows like <laughs> one facet of yeah. your health. But then there's like so many other data points that, that can be looked at. Yeah. Um so yeah. that's where we feel that we come in as a layer where we aggregate different versions of your body in mm-hmm. terms of like genetic biomarkers, uh, your gut microbiome, uh, how diverse your gut microbiome is. Yep. Uh, and we all put it into like a dashboard mm-hmm. uh, where you can actually see your f- holistic health, mm-hmm. how your body looks in, in terms of a digital twin on, on a screen. Right. Yeah. So those are elements of what we're building. So you yeah. mentioned on average, the spending on 
healthcare. Yeah. 2,500. 2,000 a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you said that this includes anywhere from like gym memberships to even potentially fat freezing and I guess it includes supplements. Yes, includes. It yeah. sounds a little bit low for me because that's say if I, a typical gym membership, that's already a thousand yeah. It depends. So I think some people just get gym, like I, I get a gym membership, like mm. 150, 160 a mm, month. Mm. Uh, but maybe I get it for three months, mm-hmm. you know. We see usually it's in the average of that range mm. for execs. So right. again, executives are... Which should be higher could, than average, isn't it? Uh, or it's not? No, I, I think that that's who really spends on these things. Like mm. if you go to a gym, like average gym, um, you wouldn't find... Um, people who are not that motivated actually so right. there's a different kind of archetype we are mm. starting to realise mm. um, people who have excelled in different parts of their life they realise that they want to excel in their own health, health. there's more to lose because <laughs> exactly there's more to lose and you start to realise that this is another aspect of your life that you can try to really showcase mm-hmm. uh, there's a trend in the US and Europe now where some of the tech billionaires, mm. Zuckerberg just did this crazy challenge. Oh, yes. Uh, Jeff Bezos has had a 180 degrees transformation. They realized that health is really the, the thing that you can't buy. Of course. You need to work for it. Yes. So that is sort of the archetype of the client that we are going for. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I always like to say that, you know, um, it's a great equalizer, if you will. Like, you know, when yeah. it, somebody who is me is not that well off. You know, me doesn't yeah. have that much money. Mm. But you, what you can do for yourself yeah. is to get your health, like eat well, mm. you know, have like a good mental health routine, like don't like overly stress. And then sometimes like, yeah. you know, if you could be like a, you know, picture of like great health and then, then like the executive who has yeah. really sacrificing their health, like to chase money, right? They could actually really... Yeah, we, we have clients who come to us who want to test their hormonal profiles, mm. like cortisol levels yes, is one stress. example. Stress. Stress, right? mm. And then they get a they get a benchmark. And then what we tell them is that, okay, this is your number today. But in six months, when you come back and retest with us, we want your numbers to be this, this amount. And mm. then our doctor mm-hmm. will design a health plan for mm-hmm. you. Meditation includes like taking breaks in between mm. and not like maybe one day out of the weekend. You don't even work two weekends, just work one weekend. Um, <laughs> things like that. So mm. you're more conscious. Mm. Uh, and then when we retest them six months down, we can look at their blood values again to see like okay how are they doing mm. yeah so like when it comes to spending right so again like looking at that let's say two thousand dollars a year mm. one thing is like, i think that the spending on this segment is going to increase mm. yeah of course this is a subjective mm. opinion but do you think they're underspending or you know like and they should allocate more money yeah. to this we feel that it's a space that will start to grow because of medical publications that are coming out mm. so there's there are more and more evidence-based things coming out around eating better. But what does eating better mean, right? Mm -hmm. Eating certain kind of vitamins, Mm -hmm. uh, some supplements. Mm -hmm. So as more and more of these supplements come out, Mm -hmm. uh, there's more and more influencers and people who talk about it. And therefore, we feel that more and more people jump on this wave of biohacking. Yeah. Uh, even cold buffs or saunas. Mm-hmm. So they will start doing cold hot therapy and there are more of these things popping up in the CBD. So I think these are also trends, trend-based because past COVID, people realise that, hey, you know what, this is important, right? To spend mm. on health and, and spend on yourself. Mm. And there's this book called Dying With Zero. I'm not sure if yes, you've read yep. it. So I, I've seen a summary because some of the execs that we talked to uh, swear by it where they want to ensure that they want to die with zero. And that means that making sure that they spend all they can to focus on their lifetime today. They draw down. They draw draw down down to zero. Exactly. You know, you want to take care of your own body. And if that includes 
some crazy ones include like a $100,000 weekend trip to the Alps to mm. breathe the air there. And <laughs> and you know, it's interesting. It's called Lenserhoff. You guys can check it out. Mm-hmm. And then they do IV drips for you, mm. specialized uh, blood transfusions. Uh, and they fast. They make you fast. So yep. it's almost like doing intermittent fasting, but you go there and you don't eat caviar. You just go there and fast. Yes. And they take your blood. And then over that weekend, a uh, few days, you're supposed to come up on the other side uh, with a healthier body. Yes. There's that. And there's stuff in Bali as well, like mental health retreats, like silent retreats. Yeah, those I are mean, free. <laughs> those are, those are. I mean, you know, maybe if someone offers it free, but then yeah. I think that's an entire market by itself, right? Yeah. I've seen those... Um, mental health retreats. Yeah. I mean, some of them are actually priced pretty yeah. high and yeah, clearly yeah, yeah, they yeah. are targeting the executives. They want a yeah. effective fix. Correct. Because, because again, it goes back to the point of like, if you don't have that foundational piece of mental and physical health, you can't pursue yeah. that kind of job and you just can't earn that kind of income anymore, right? If, if, if it comes to a standstill. Correct, correct. And that's where the PT market comes in as well. Right? Mm. The PT market comes in really for this group where they might have been in investment banking, make a lot of money, yes. private banking, and then yep. they realise that, shit, you know, I've gone through this whole phase where I spend so much of my health taking care of other people, mm-hmm. other people's wealth. It's mm. time that, you know, I, I use that wealth to take care of my own health. Mm. Yeah. And I guess because, you know, we talked about preventive, right? Mm. Preventive care. Because sometimes it's often too late mm-hmm. when, when somebody's hit with like stage four, yeah. Cancer. The prognosis that's not great, right? You yeah. only have like that that amount of time yeah. left. Yeah. So, you know, what are some steps that people can do to take better charge of their health health earlier on? Yeah, I'll start off with doing a comprehensive diagnostics every mm. year. Like mm. I think make that a man- mandatory thing. Mm. I think most people in their thirties feel that doing a health screening every two years, three years is fine. Uh, but we feel that for you to really get a very clear numerical view of like how you are doing, mm. like you should do a proper blood screen every every year. And we are having more and more execs who are doing it every six months. Yeah. Because just a few hundred bucks, you go there, you get your blood drawn and you get to see snapshots of how you're doing on a very clear blood biomarker level. Mm. Uh, I think that's a very clear start. And then from there on, talk to the doctor that we have um, or any any of your doctors, right? And hopefully they are also in the mindset of preventative. So mm-hmm. I think that's also a switch of medicine 3.0, also another new term. It's not mm-hmm. Web3. Mm-hmm. It shift towards knowing exactly what to do for preventative. Yep. Yeah. Versus like just walk 10,000 steps a day, mm. eat less right food. Yeah. Mm. So everyone has a different preventative strategy and that's sort of where we want to play it. Certainly, like you said, there's a lot of biohacking influences, if you will. Yeah. Me, we could call it influences, me, not like Eric Burke. Yes, you know, lot. like Peter um, Atia, Huberman, yes, exactly. Tim Ferriss. People, so, Tim Ferriss, yeah. you know, a lot of like biohacking. Joe Rogan. Joe yeah. Rogan, yes. Yeah. You know, the whole that whole bunch. Yeah. There's a lot of different thought leadership when it comes to like how do you yeah. best hack for your health, right? Mm. And because we're faced with so much information, like how do you know what works for you? Because there are certain there are certain mm. um, you know, like Asians may react differently to certain foods as we, you know, yeah. well know, right? Yeah. Or like even our own ancestry, like yeah. Your, makeup, your microbiome, your microbiome is very makeup, different. Yeah. yeah, microbiome makeup is very different. Yeah. So that's what we want to get to. Mm. Uh, I think we are in early days of that because we are going through clients. As, as we see more and more clients, then we'll start building up more and more profiles of Asians mm-hmm. uh, and people who live in this climate. Yeah. Usually what we do is we do it by, uh, by pillars, right? Mm. So the pillars are sleep, uh, nutritional, which includes supplements, mm. uh, exercise. Those, those are the key pillars that mm. we sort of put down. And 
what our doctor will do is really like look at the biomarkers, look at the family histories, design optimal ranges of what your numbers should look like, mm. and then design a 12-month strategy for you. Mm. So let's narrow down into like one of the pillars that you talk mm. about, which is exercise. Mm-hmm. You know, the what was previously very fashionable was like HIIT, which is high-intensity mm. interval training, yeah. which is like super good, like yeah. weight trumps, like, you know, cardio, you just yeah. do 30 minutes of HIIT and then you yeah. get whatever you want. So like HIIT was trendy for a while, yeah. but then now yeah. they're talking about a list, which is like low intensity. That's don't over, don't uh, overwork yourself. Yeah. yeah, don't overwork yeah. yourself. So that's these trends, right? So if somebody is saying, okay, I really need to do like CrossFit, yeah, then you need to pay for that kind of membership. Yeah, so and it costs more than two hundred dollars mm, a month. Yeah, we we customize exercises and the general strategies based on what the clients have access to. Mm. If they have a gym, if they don't have a gym, then we do a lot of body weight. Mm. stuff for them like mm. we will do uh, a plan for them that's body weight related right. uh, but we're also starting to realise that everyone has like their own style to exercise and, and mm. any form is better than none, none right? yes we can say very uh, distinctively what we look out for at the end of the day towards for health span related stuff is uh, VO2 max mm-hmm. so how well your body pumps the oxygen around right and the second one is with regards to your muscle mm-hmm. because Post 30 years old, uh, the research shows that you actually start to lose muscle every every year. Uh, not only that, it um, accelerates. Accelerates, uh, yes. right? Um, yeah, I, I think it's a misconception that it's slowly starting to change. Even yep. things like protein. Mm-hmm. Like, protein shakes always look like they're something that, you know, those gym bros will mm-hmm. consume. But now more and more, we're starting to see both genders consume protein shakes because mm. they know what proteins does to your body yep. and how important it is to keep your muscle growing well, right? Mm-hmm. Maintaining and growing well. So those are things that are starting to change. And mm-hmm. It's along the healthcare spending thing, right? To tie it back, right? Supplements yeah, I think and, so. But, but yeah. the thing is like, for somebody who's just looking to design the decisions, like how much do I spend on mm. this bucket versus like that bucket? Yeah. And, 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 and if, let's say, income is not growing, mm. then it requires some kind of shifting, right? Like, do I yeah. spend less on entertainment? Yeah. Do I spend more on healthcare? Yeah. And, and usually I see that shift happening as one advances through their life. We realise that we jump out of bed and then we are aching. Everywhere. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then you start realizing that oh no, you know, I better do something about it. I think that's really the psyche of most people at stage. Yeah, right. Mm. And then the, the money that they used to spend on going to the movies, mm-hmm. KTVs, mm-hmm. Uh, late night clubbing mm-hmm. would have moved to uh health. You know, health, yeah. health, yes. And then they wake up early on Saturdays, they go to gyms. Like that's mm. what I do mm. with my wife. So it becomes entertainment. It becomes entertainment. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, so, for me back then, Guava Pass was, ent- was exactly. indeed entertainment slash education. And meet people, right? You get to meet pe- different people. You get to socialize. Mm. I, I definitely think that healthcare spending in this, the discretionary spend on healthcare probably would increase, mm-hmm. right? For various factors of, you know, one, there's a lot more education readily available. Mm. And now it's that easy to track like more data points and yep. people would want to like put health in their own hands, yeah. right? Because one of the biggest fears is not being able to control that. And the other thing, I guess health, you know, I always like to say health is like, one thing is personal, but then what, the other thing is like, responsibility towards your loved ones. Mm-hmm. And it does, I mean, having a, a kid, like does put things into perspective mm. uh, with regards to work, but also with regards to health, right? Like mm. being able to see, I actually told my wife this, right? Mm. If I can see my son get married and mm-hmm. have a kid mm-hmm. and become a like grandparent. Like a granddad. Like, yeah, yeah, that would be so cool. Like, mm. And for that to happen, I actually work backwards. I think I need to live till 70. Yeah. But when I look at my own family history, mm. a lot of my uncles actually died from some form of cancer mm. or cardiac related stuff. Mm. 
think there's also more work that needs to be done mm. uh, proactively and preventatively. Right? Mm. I think as best as we can go to the gym three times a week, mm. you know, practice what we preach, right? Like mm. in Sydney, like mm. making sure that our finances are in order personally yep. before we even share with people what we do. Mm. Yeah. And for listeners who want to find out more about mitral health, mm-hmm. I know there's like a wait list now, there's right? There's a wait list. We mm-hmm. are launching in mid-June. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you haven't done a diagnostics this year, mm-hmm. uh, we could be that part of your health budget. Mm. So you can come to us, uh, you can claim from your corporate budget if if any of our listeners have wellness budgets as well mm-hmm. yeah cool and then like are you guys running any like launch promos we'll be la- running a launch <laughs> promo you can find it on the website okay, uh, once cool. we once we get live and yeah. that's like mid-June mid-June so by the time this comes out it would have the mid-June already okay cool cool we'll link it in the show notes and thank you so much for for being on thanks for having me thank you Many thanks as well to all of you out there for tuning in. This has been a fantastic conversation and we would definitely love to hear what you think about it. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can reach out to us through the email podcast at melisten.sg or at my Instagram at misfitfi. Aside from that, if you enjoy what you're listening to and want to hear more, please help to spread and grow the show by subscribing on Me Listen or Apple Podcasts or by following on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Finally, the Building Financial Fitness Podcast is an original production from Mediacorp and recorded at Skate Live Studios, The Pod, powered by Audio-Technica and City Music. Episode production is done by Junus Yu, with editing and support by Danny Cordy and Gareth Fernandez. Once again, I'm your host and BFF, Junus Yu. Until the next time.